everyone, and welcome to the Travel Utah podcast. My name is Matt Linton, and today I'm once again recording from beautiful Bear Lake, located on the Utah-Idaho border. This week on the Travel Utah podcast, we are continuing our discussion with Brett Prettyman from the Utah Bucket List. Today, we'll be speaking about some of the projects and organizations that Brett is involved with now. So sit back and enjoy part two of our interview with Brett Prettyman of the Utah Bucket List. My name is Matt Linton, and I'm a filmmaker. Since 2007, I have shot and produced promotional videos for the travel and tourism industry all over the state of Utah. Over those years, I've learned that the more I explore the incredible destinations that this state has to offer, the more I recognize that I haven't even scratched the surface. There is so much more to do and see here than people realize. The Travel Utah podcast was created to shed some light on the endless array of amazing things there are to explore in this incredible state and to help you plan your next adventure. So come with me and let's travel Utah. So moving on, um, let, yeah. me, let me ask you, what does it mean to you when I say the phrase, be well, fish on? Oh, geez. Wow. Okay, not fair, not fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, it means everything uh, uh, to explain and it I, corral me because I will go off on this one. Um, so many years ago, uh, I think it was probably 15, 16 years ago now, I went on an assignment. I, I was at the uh, um, Intermountain um, uh, Fly Fishing Expo. No, it wasn't that. It was the annual Sportsman's Expo held in Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. And I was walking by a booth and there was a guy there from Falcon's Ledge. Um, which is a lodge out in the Uinta Basin. It's an Orvis endorsed fishing lodge. And he said, Hey, um, there's this cool thing that's going to be happening at, at, uh, the lodge. And I wonder if you might be interested. And he told me, he said, so there's a group that just started out of Colorado and they're doing this thing called real recovery. And they got a bunch of, um, men with cancer coming to our ranch. It's been a couple of days. You want to come? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds interesting. Um, so I went and I talked earlier about the life changing event that I had with Splore and right. um, the photographer and I that went on this um, real recovery retreat it ended up, it was the second one that was held in Utah. And I think it was like the fourth one overall um, just really did change my life. I, I, I learned um, what life means from hanging out with people who are facing death and it really, really just, uh, it made me appreciate more like, you know, okay, yeah, you, you know, there's things going on at home and bills and all that junk, but this is the, the you know, that's nothing compared to what these guys are facing. Right. And it just made you appreciate so much more being alive. And, and so at the end of the retreat, the guys were, you know, they were thanking me for being there. I'm like, dude, I'm just wow, all the thanks goes to you for helping me understand this. Um, so uh, I came back, I wrote a story, uh, one of my favorite stories, um, and the group reached out to me. It's a nonprofit group, a national nonprofit group, and they said, hey, uh, would you help us in Utah? Would you help us do more of these? And 
they said, will you host our fundraiser? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that'll, you know, that'll be easy. Well, they didn't tell me that that meant I had to help get all the auction items and everything. <laughs> but, um, you know, so I, I hosted the first ever Utah Real Recovery Fundraiser. And um, this is the first year that we haven't done it. And it was because of Corona. Um, so 15 years, I was the host of this event to raise money to take men with cancer on these retreats. And I, I think last I saw, we were at 500 men in Utah served, um, nationally, nationally we're closing in on 3000. Um, and so I ended up, uh, you know, being more and more involved and I joined the board eventually. And then, uh, just about a year ago, I became the executive, um, chair of the the board for national real recovery and it's it's a huge huge honor and people you know ask me well what kind of cancer did you have to get so involved and i'm like i you know knock on wood i have not had any and i really haven't had much of an experience in my direct family with it i just feel like it's the right thing to do and you know the bottom line the thing like kind of the elevator speech i give people about real recovery is if it's somebody who I know enjoys the outdoors and especially fly fishing, then I, I say, Hey, we all know what it means for us to stand in a river and feel the current on our legs and to see a fish come for our fly and to hear the birds in the trees, you know, and, and to see a deer on hillsides or fishing. We all know what that means to us personally. Imagine if you had cancer, what that would mean to you. Right. And then they're like, Ooh, you know, it's and and I I say that because it, it's effective, but at the same time we can't imagine what it means to have cancer. And that's the thing about these groups is we get these men with cancer together, and some of them fish, some of them fly fish, some of them have never fished in their life, and that right. doesn't matter because they're not there to fish. That's just the bait to get them there. It's it's the camaraderie that happens. Like I. There was a doctor at the event, and I'll just tell you this quote real quick. There was a doctor at the event, and I asked him, you know, why does real recovery matter? And he said, he said, I've been an oncologist for 25 years, and I've sat across the table from – I'm sorry, I'm getting choked up. Um, <clears throat> I've sat across the table from so many men and told them they have cancer, but I've never sat on the other side of the table, and I've never been told that I have cancer. These guys know what it means. It's a very elite club to be told that you're facing a life-threatening disease. And I don't care if it's cancer or whatever it is, anything. That that's You need solidarity. You need com- camaraderie in, yeah. in, in the effort to deal with that. And um, fly fishing is just an excuse. Well, just like everything else fly fishing is, is an excuse to get away, you know? And so it's the same thing with these guys. And when they get there and you watch these courageous conversations that happen as they go around the group and, you know, the first night is kind of like, everybody's kind of a little nervous and they don't know what's going to happen. And a guy says something very open and very candid and very touching. And you see the guys just like turn their heads toward him. Like, Oh my gosh. He knows how it feels, and uh, it's so powerful. And that's why I do it, because I can't imagine not doing it. Well, and it's 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 not just the physical pain and and suffering that you're going through going through that, but it's it's mentally taxing. I mean, to have that 
in your mind all the time that, you know, I have something that is very likely going to kill me. Yes. Um, you mentioned it earlier when we were talking about, you know, the cell phones and stuff and fishing, but you mentioned with fly fishing, you have to be so focused that everything else kind of just disappears while you're fishing. Yeah. And that's, you know, reading through the, the story of real recovery and what they're there for. And, um, that's, that's kind of the whole purpose behind it is to allow these men to have this, this moment, this experience of not having that on the forefront of their mind all the time, having something right. else that is peaceful, that is calming, that is, uh, is encouraging, um, in the midst of all that and, and feeling, yeah. feeling a moment of being removed from all of the, the, the mental and physical pain that, that they're going through. Very well put. And, and there's so many groups out there that do this kind of stuff. I, this is one that I believe in and that I've embraced, but you know, casting for recovery for women is, is the same thing. Um, real recovery was, you know, basically modeled after that. They were way ahead of the game because, you know, women are ahead of the game in many ways. <laughs> and with cancer, with men, it was just this thought that, that, you know, guys don't talk about these things. And that's why it's even more important. I think that's one of the reasons why it kind of didn't happen for a while. Um, to kind of complete this thought, you know, the be well fish on thing um, came from the very first retreat. There's a guy named Stuart Brown in Colorado who developed brain cancer. And his friends basically said, you know, I'm not going to bake you casserole. I'm not going to make you a quilt. What can I do for you? He said, take me fishing. And they went fishing and um, he told them, he said, you know, when I'm out here, I just, I don't think about it. I don't think about the hospitals. I don't think about chemo. I don't think about radiation. I just think about fishing and you guys. And it's just, and I want to do this for more guys. And they knew that they had a short time because his, his, um, his cancer was not a good kind of cancer. Like there's any good kind of cancer. And he right. ended up, um, you know, they, the guys, his buddies just said, we're going to do this. And they did. And they got it done in time um, for him to come. And he couldn't stay the whole time. Um, he had to go back for some chemo. But when he left, you know, he'd said goodbye to everybody in the place where they were having the event. He walked out and to the parking lot and the cars were all dusty from driving around on the dirt roads. And, on the back of one of the cars, he wrote, be well, fish on. And it became, you know, the idea of, of real recovery. And it's how we talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, I, reading through that story, it's very powerful. And, and he, he passed away not too long after that, correct? Yeah, it was, it was not, I think he, um, after that retreat, he um, he was really dedicated. Like it was something for him to focus on and trying to help make this happen more. And um, he ended up getting uh, a grant from the Lance Armstrong Foundation. Right. And Lance Armstrong came to see him actually and um, gave him you know a fair chunk of money for this. And that helped get things going. And um, and then he passed away. I think it was within two two months of of that retreat. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So it could not have happened at a better time than it got, got started at a better time. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, um, and you know, unfortunately this year with Corona virus, we had to, you know, we, we haven't held one retreat 
um this year and it's heartbreaking but yeah. but but uh you know the last thing we want to do is is put you know the most <laughs> sensitive population yeah. yeah they're the most sensitive population to you know coronavirus like with a compromised immune system so um it breaks our heart not to be able to hold them but but we don't want to introduce that to them so yeah. we'll be we'll be back and and we're going to continue to serve men um with cancer as long as we can so if people want to get involved or donate to real recovery where should they go and what should they do well um you can you can um always reach out directly to me um if you're you have questions about real recovery but nationally or here in utah um the realrecovery.org website includes not only an opportunity to provide a monetary donation but also to sign up as a buddy to be a fishing buddy because the really super amazing part of our retreats is when the guys get to go fishing and they, we have these volunteer buddies that show up and take them fishing and they'll do everything from, you know, tie your fly on and let you cast. If you, if you're good at it to they'll just, you know, if you're a better angler, they'll just sit on the bank and talk to you. Um, uh, and, um, or they'll do everything. And, you know, one of my first experiences with a buddy was watching him basically do everything for this guy. Um, and you know, cast, tied it on, cast it out and then said, okay, pull a couple times, you know, strip it in a couple times and boom, big fish on. And, and we all just step back and let this guy experience it. And I watched him and go through the whole process with the buddy. And it was really touching to see how they felt about that moment. And then, was, I don't think it was the first fish that guy ever caught, um, but it was the first fish he ever caught when he had cancer. And when he let it go, I let him kind of process it for a little bit. And then I went and talked to him. I said, you know, what was that like? And he said, you know, I, I felt this energy on the other end of the line that I haven't felt before. And that fish was fighting. And that fish was fighting for its life. And I felt that. And I felt the same. Yeah. Uh, and I really, um, you know, I, and then I had the power to let him go you know i got him in i thanked him and i let him go and for me to let him go was you know really powerful because i may not be let go you know um it's yeah. it's it's powerful I, and like yeah, i said sure. don't get me started on these things but but the buddies you can sign up to be a buddy um all so over the country regardless and, of your skill yeah. level and fishing you can absolutely sign up. because yeah because the guys will um go out and uh you know there's the buddies get together the night before and they talk about okay here's the flies that work in and and they give each other tips you know um and and like i said it's not uh you you don't need to be a great angler to be a buddy you just need to be a buddy that's awesome (laughs) so that's another great way to do it and the problem we have is so many people who've been buddies want to keep doing it every time. And we're like, Oh, we got to get some, we got to give some other people a chance too. you guys. Come on. So we typically have two retreats in Utah. Um, one in the first week of June at Falcon's ledge. And then the second one is typically the first week of October at, up at White's ranch and in, in paradise up in the cash Valley area. And there, you know, we serve about 14 men per retreat. Um, it, that's, what we shoot for a lot of times we end up not being able to get them there because you know, they're having issues or, or something develops so they can't get there. But right. yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, it's totally rewarding. 
and again i'm very selfish in my service for it because <laughs> it gives me so much yeah well no it's it, that's one of those perfect opportunities where you're able to um volunteer and serve and feel the satisfaction you get in doing those types of things while at the same time experiencing and doing something that you love and enjoy yourself personally i mean right. I, I can't think of two better um yeah things to do than to combine those two things together to something that you're passionate about and have fun doing while at the same time serving and helping other people and, and growing um, a meaningful relationship with somebody that absolutely needs that. Well, I, yeah, I thank you for uh, feeling that way. And I thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about it because it, it's a very, very important thing. And like I said, you know, we're just one organization doing this. Um, there's a lot of them out there. There's one, you know, do some research and find one that you care about and and uh, that have you have a connection to, and and see if you can help because yeah. it it makes a huge difference in our society as a whole. Well, and you're you're obviously involved in a lot of causes and 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 things like this. I mean, you left the Tribune to work with Trout Unlimited, which is another organization that is um, a nonprofit, correct, designed to to help fishing in general, but, you know, everything that has to do with fishing. Tell us a little bit about Trout Unlimited and, and your involvement in that. Well, yeah, so Trout Unlimited was uh, an organization that I, you know, covered kind of naturally through my um, time at the Tribune and the outdoors, um, both for their fishing activities as, you know, putting the members out into groups and doing um, fun fishing activities and also um, getting engaged in conservation projects. So um, I just, over the time, I just really appreciated what Trident Women was doing on a national and a Utah level. And I, I felt um, if I ever made a change that that would be something that I would do. And the writing was on the wall, the Tribune in a lot of ways. And um, I wanted to leave there on my own. Um, I didn't want to have to leave. And um, when an opportunity came up with Trial Unlimited, I, I, I took it. And um, it's been great. I basically, uh, you know, the mission is to protect headwaters for native species of fish across the country. Um, and the way I look at that is that it basically for taking care of the headwaters and providing places for healthy um, native fish populations, we're taking care of the water that, you know, um, last time I checked every, every living thing needs. So it kind of has <laughs> a bigger importance than just the trout. Um, right. Trout are again, a great excuse to do good work um, that, that, that benefits everybody and, and not, everybody but everything that needs water as i see it so you know we're engaged in a lot of um uh conservation work around the country um uh to protect um headwaters and and engage in water um, conservation efforts through replacing outdated infrastructure and and uh helping the heritages of ranching and farming uh continue to to survive by helping them replace this infrastructure and at the same time putting in you know um fish diversions that keep fish from ending up dried up in a field um so that anglers and the public have an opportunity to to fish for them uh, 
and then you know uh policy efforts you know uh, on the state and national levels that that uh jeopardize uh, trout habitat and environments across across our country and the state uh and then you know i i'm i'm now i'm focused on that conservation the hardcore project the boots on the ground stuff in the west um and then also uh the science team i i'm really enjoying uh, working with the science team as we explore ways to help uh, fish adapt to things like climate change and and uh, other issues, wildfire, um, ways to protect them uh, from from those things, and then uh, you know just studying what makes some of those species better able to deal with that change than others. Um, then. The last group that I really, the program I really work with a lot that I'm really super excited about is the youth initiative stuff. I love um, working with with kids and connecting them to the outdoors as we talked about how important that is. And one of the things that I really cherish is the opportunity that I have in my own neighborhood to bring Trout Unlimited to kids in a program called Trout in the Classroom, where we have a great partnership with the Division of Wildlife Resources, where they provide us with trout eggs. And we put a tank up in a classroom and we bring the eggs to the kids and they ooh and ah and get excited and then they get to watch the trout hatch in their classroom and they raise them for a couple of months and then they get to take them out and release them and for me to be able to do that in my neighborhood with kids that i see every day just really gives me this huge kick i I love um the questions they ask me and um i love that they they cry when they let them go at the end of the time because it shows that they have a connection and that's a connection that some of these kids don't get they they may never leave the salt lake valley and um and it's me being able to help trot unlimited bring the wild to them it's pretty cool well that's yeah so you're obviously involved in so many different things that are that are for you know the the larger benefit of of everyone honestly i mean if you look at all the these different things it's um it's so great that you've you've gotten involved and taken these things under your wing and, and gotten so well i i guess the phrase is just get involved and and pushing these and being a an advocate for them um that's it, great i i appreciate well, that a lot so i mean well, thank the, you you know I want to be involved with stuff like that more. So I, I, I'm probably going to be following up with you because, yeah, I want to find out more about that. <laughs> but so as far as Trout Unlimited, where where can people go to, to find out more information to, to help out there? Again, um, don't be afraid to reach out directly to me. Um, okay. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Um, and you can find my email address at uh, it's, it's brett.prettyman at tu.org. Um, really feel free to reach out with any questions about anything. And, um, the, uh, you know, tu.org is a great place to learn about what we do on a national level. And there's a lot of fun stuff, uh, that you can see that's happening around the country. We have a Utah trout unlimited Facebook page and Instagram account, um, that, uh, you know, kind of keeps people updated about what's going on here in Utah. I just posted something, uh, yesterday about a cool, um, conservation project that our one of our staffers has, has been helping the Division of Wildlife with over in the Uinta Basin area, um, involving native Colorado River cutthroat trout, and um, 
yeah, we try to keep you guys all updated on on what's going on out there and the ways you can get engaged. There's, um, I think, a, I'm going to say the wrong number, but there's about 10 uh, uh, TU chapters around the state. Um, and there's probably one close to the majority of the population here. So if, if you're interested, um, you can find out that by going to the tu.org site and punching in your zip code basically, and you can find out what chapter you can be a part of. Those, those guys do a, a lot of, um, activities like help with the trout in the classroom. They, um, they, uh, uh plan fishing trips. They host chapter meetings where they talk about how they want to spend money that they get from national on local projects. Um, they talk about, you know, time flies and, you know, basically it's just a, a, another chance for anglers and people who care about the outdoors to get together and talk about what they love. Um, you know, so it's, uh, there's some TU trout team camps that happen on, I think we may have lost them this year due to coronavirus, but um, the Stonefly Society chapter here in Salt Lake does one, and the Cache Valley English chapter up in Logan does one as well. Uh, they're great opportunities for kids to, to get out with other kids who enjoy that kind of stuff and to learn a lot about conservation and also fly fishing. And getting, yeah, and get involved. And so yeah. nationwide, there's 387 chapters. That's incredible. So at the beginning, we told you um, that we would, we would share an interesting fun fact related to our discussion today. So my fun fact is um, something related to Trout Limited. So I've been doing research oh, cool. um, on it, and I found some impressive stats about Trout Unlimited that I found on anglingtrade.com. Um, and now these numbers are from 2017, and I was trying to find some more recent numbers but didn't find any as – quite a solid numbers, but in 2017 alone, Trout Unlimited volunteers accounted for 734,824. Did I say that right? 734,824 hours of work, which they say is a labor value. So if you're getting paid just over $20 an hour, $17,312,000 worth of work. Um, Trout Unlimited worked on 1,103 different conservation projects throughout the country, conducted 1,682 education programs focused on youth, and over the past 10 years, they have spent $92,514,260 on projects that make trout fishing better and the angling community stronger. So those are the facts that I found. That was my interesting fun fact about Trout Unlimited for today. Um, tell me what what your fun fact for the day is. Well, thanks for sharing that. That was that was great. Um, so this actually ties back into something that came up early in our discussion that we both have a connection to, and that's Boulder Mountain. Um, great. I I heard uh, this years ago, and I I tried to, I think I remember talking to somebody with the Utah Geological Survey at one point about this. And the response I got was, yeah, it's probably true, but we have no true way to validate it because there's no like journal or anything that says it. But um, if you're familiar with the area down around Capitol Reef, there's two kind of mountain um, ranges, um, the Thousand Mountain area and Boulder Mountain. Um, as I discovered more and more about Boulder Mountain, I thought, why is this called Boulder Mountain? And that's called Thousand Lakes when there's like five lakes on Thousand Lakes and there's all these 
billions of lakes on Boulder Mountain and right. I, billions, I exaggerate. Well, as it turns out, there is this historical lore that um, the um, cartographer who did the map, one of the first maps of Southern Utah, uh, misnamed Thousand Mountain or Thousand Lake and Boulder Mountain and did not realize it until after it had been printed and or had been, had been accepted into the community. So Thousand Lake, yeah, so the, the Thousand Lake has a lot more boulders, <laughs> a lot less lakes, and Boulder Mountain has a lot more lakes and a lot less boulders. Um, so it kind of makes sense. Um, like I said before, uh, if you Google it, you'll find a couple of different stories and they all kind of say the same thing that it's generally kind of accepted that it happened, but there's no absolute proof that it happened. And I mean, you know, it is what it is, but it's kind of a fun little fact about, uh, about uh, the Utah landscape and, and, uh, one that we were talking about earlier. Very cool. <laughs> the, the legend lives on. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, right. that's, that's a perfect, uh, fun fact. Yeah. Well, whether it's fact or not, it's it's a genuinely right. recognized and accepted by the people that know about it. We'll we'll say that it's a fact that it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's perfect. <laughs> well, Brett, thank you so much for joining me today and helping us learn more about your career, your experiences, and your your efforts with each of these different organizations that you're working with. Um, thank you for joining us and for all that you're doing to encourage people to enjoy the outdoors. I, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Oh, Matt, it's been a pleasure. And I, I, all the thanks goes to you for allowing me to talk about these great um, places and these great organizations that are doing things that, you know, um, I feel are really important to our community and our society is, you know, keeping this connection with nature and the outdoors and allowing it to be, the healing process that we all need and um you yeah. know it you know vitamin n as they sometimes call it vitamin nature um uh i i'm, I'm a firm believer that we need more of it and and uh and i'm going to continue to try to encourage people to soak it up more and more as they go yep when you're outside and you're outdoors, you're in the sunshine, you're, you're in nature. It, there's, there's just such a different feeling. Yeah, um, it's it a, can be so uplifting and so strengthening to you. Yeah. It's a it's serious mood changer. It is. It can be so, for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you to our sponsors for, for supporting us on the travel Utah podcast. For more information about these organizations, you can visit tu.org. That's Trout Unlimited, tu.org. For real recovery, you can go to realrecovery.org. And you can check out the Utah bucket list that Brett uh, produced and shot on pbsutah.org along with YouTube and some of the other sites that, that Brett mentioned earlier. To find more content and podcast-related information to the Travel Utah podcast, please visit MerlinFilmsUSA.com where you can see some of the videos related to some of our other episodes in the Travel Utah Podcast website, which is TravelUtahPodcast.com. This has been the Travel Utah Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and let's go Travel Utah. To subscribe or to find out more information on this and other episodes of the Travel Utah Podcast, please visit TravelUtahPodcast.com. The Travel Utah Podcast is a production of Merlin Films, LLC.